0: Thank you brother Andy, thank you praise team. Thank you, Church, for worshiping together that's That's what I love uh, when I hear those voices and when I hear these songs and I, I hear us all in one accord, one voice, one heartbeat right one 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 mind giving God our all, uh, it just brings me great joy. It gets me fired up. I know you probably think I just live fired up all the time, but i don't There are times when Uh, You know, I can't get my motor cranked and I can't get my motor running right. Uh, Sometimes I need this togetherness, and that's what I'm thankful for today. Uh, You know, it's the first Sunday of 2024, and to me that's important. Uh, Today we celebrate High Attendance Day, and I I want you just to look around. Uh, It's a joy to my heart to see this building filled up. I praise God for every person that is here today. And I know that there are people that are listening to us and watching us through our live stream, and I'm thankful for them too. Uh, Today, it's not just about a number on a page, though. Please understand, it's not just about a number. It's about souls. That number represents souls. That number represents eternities. God created you, and He created me for Himself. And He created us with eternity in mind. And so those numbers that we look at, you know, as a staff, we look at how we're growing uh, in Sunday school and how we're growing in worship on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. And we we look at our connected family groups on Wednesday night and we look at those numbers. But those numbers represent lives. They represent people, people who are coming together. And I'm going to tell you, I just believe as we move forward in 2024, I believe we need to be encouraged By the Word of God. Listen, if somebody were to ask me, Brother Jeff, this year, what's the most important thing I can do for God? It's a very simple answer. Be in His Word and let His Word be in you. It really is that simple. It's not about the teams that you can serve on. It's not about the mission trips that you can take. It's not about how much money you can give through your tithes and your offerings. Listen to me. If you really, 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 really want to be on fire for God, then get in His Word and let His Word get all in you. That's going to be the difference maker for you as an individual. I believe that's what's going to be the difference maker for this church. You see, as a body, as individuals and as a body of believers, together we need to be rooted and built up in Jesus. That's the truth. We need to be rooted and built up in Jesus. And here's the thing. You might say, well, Brother Jeff, what do you mean being in the Word and the Word in me? Well, the Bible says that the Word became flesh. Listen, if you want to know Jesus better, if you want to know Jesus more, then be in His Word because Jesus Christ is the Word. He is the Word become flesh. And I love what, what Paul tells the church. He says you need to be rooted in Jesus what he meant was you need to be rooted in the word you need to be built up in Jesus you need to be built up in the word and so we're going to take a look this morning at his letter to the church of Coloss we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1 and then we're going to dip into chapter 2 but i believe what we're going to see in Paul's letter to the church at Coloss is this in Jesus we are both saved And sanctified, and it is for God's glory. In Jesus, we're both saved and sanctified for God's glory. Do you you understand that when God saved you, He didn't just save you from death. He saved you from His wrath, which is death. And He saved you into life, full life, and eternal life. And He did that so that He would be glorified. And not only did Jesus Christ save you from your sins when you repented and put your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ continues to work out your salvation through this big church word that we call sanctification. And I'm going to explain to you a little bit more about what that means. But I want you this year as individuals and I want us as a body, a church, I want us to be rooted in Jesus. I want us to be built up in Jesus more than anything else I want this year. Hey, do I want to see more Sunday school classes added? Yes. And in order to do that, we're going to have to build another building. I I would love to see that. Would I love to see us have to do something to this building because we're running out of pews? Absolutely, I would love to see that. Would I love to see us be able to do more mission work? Whether it be at home or abroad, absolutely, I would love to see that. But I'm just going to tell you something. None of that will happen. None of that will happen if we are not in the Word and the Word is in us. Because it is the Word that will make the difference in who you are and everything you do. It's the Word. So if we do want to see God's glory, and we want to demonstrate God's glory to start Louisiana and to the community and communities that we live in, we better be rooted in Jesus, and we better be built up in Jesus, because that's the only way it's going to happen. I believe that, and I'm going to show you that in Scripture. So, Colossians chapter 1, look at it with me, and then we're going to jump into Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 1, Paul says this in verses 15 through 17. He says, The Son of God is the image... Right, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Listen to this. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. So if we truly want to live and we truly want to flourish in 2024, then we need to understand these important words. We need to understand these important truths that we find where? In God's Word. Not in the world, but in His Word. And one of the very first things that we need to recognize today as God's children And I love Brother Andy and the praise team. They sang a song just a few minutes ago, I Am the Child of God. You're right. Did you sing that? Right? Did you hear those words? Listen to me. That wasn't just some man up here telling you that. That was God telling you that. How do I know? Go look at 1 John 3, verse 1 Right? and read it. Paul says, you are the children of God and that is exactly who you are. See, the only way I can know that is to be in God's word. If I'm in God's Word, then I know what He says about me. And listen, when I know what He says about me, it don't matter what nobody else says about me. We got so many people in here, right, going through identity crisis. Why? Because they're listening to anybody and everybody but God, telling them who they are, telling them what they are, telling them what they can and can't do. You need to listen to what God says and and stop listening to anybody else. Unless they point you to Scripture, say, thank you, but no thank you. Unless they point you to God's Word, because God's Word is the only truth that matters. It's the only truth. Matter of fact, it is the only truth. And it does matter. And so what we see in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, first of all, as created ones, we have an almighty creator. Do you you understand that? You were created. You were formed. You were fashioned by the hand of God, through the heart of God. You are not just a coincidence. You are not an accident. You are an intentional being. You are the created one, and you have an almighty creator. Now, we may not want to admit this, but this, is, this truth is one of those truths that's difficult for us to embrace, right? So so first of all, what we need to do is we need to go backwards, and we need to look, look in Genesis where it says, In the beginning... God created. you understand that there was nothing that we know? God spoke nothing into something. Think about that. He spoke nothing into something. God created. And the Bible says, let us create. Let us create. That means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the three in one, they created. That's why Paul says... In Jesus, right? In Jesus, right? Through Jesus and for Jesus, right? You have life. And so as created ones, we have an almighty creator. God the Son put on flesh and came to us. We just talked about that through the Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us. So as created ones, as created ones, we have an almighty creator. Amen? Amen? We are not accidents, we are not coincidences, we are intentional beings. And listen to this, God didn't just create you for 2024. God didn't just create you for the the 40 years, or the 50 years, or the 70 years, or Brother Gene the 97, and Miss Dina the 95 years. God created you with eternity in mind. With eternity in mind. Yes, you and me. We had a beginning on this earth. We had a beginning. We were born. You and me right now, we've had years on this earth. But do you know what the Bible says about those years? It's like a mist. It's like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But God created you and me, and we have a soul. And we have a spirit. And God created us with eternity in mind. And not only did God create us with eternity in mind, God created us so that we... Would glorify him. From our beginning. To our end on this earth. But for our forever. In heaven. And so as created ones. We have an almighty creator. Dr. Tony Evans. I love Dr. Tony Evans. And I love what he says. About Jesus. About Jesus putting on flesh. And coming to us. And demonstrating. Godliness. And righteousness. And holiness. Dr. Tony Evans says. Jesus is preeminent. In his position. He is the son of God. He is creator. He is preeminent in his power. Jesus is the one who holds it all together. Do you know how many times we struggle to hold it together? Huh? Mamas and daddies. Do, do you feel sometimes helpless and hopeless? Like you can't hold the family together? Guess what? You can't. We, we got any business owners in here? Right? Business owners, has there ever been times when you felt helpless and hopeless like you couldn't hold it all together? I'm sorry to tell you, but guess what? You can't. But here's the thing. You don't have to because Jesus does. And when you know who you are and you know whose you are and you know why you are, you can rest in that. You can rely on that. Jesus is preeminent in his position preeminent in His power. He is the one who holds all things together. I was reading, again, you hear me say this a lot, but I just keep rereading it because it keeps speaking to me because it's God's Word. But Paul David Tripp has a, has a devotional, all right, a yearly devotional called New Morning Mercies. I was reading back on, I believe it was January the 2nd, I was reading from that New Morning Mercy, his devotional, and here's what he said. He said, here is the bottom line. The Christian life, the church body, and even our faith is not about us. They are about Him. They are about His plan, His kingdom, and His glory. It is the one battle that never escapes us. It is the one place where 10 out of 10 of us need rescue. It is the fight that God wages on our behalf to help us to remember that this life is simply not about us. It is about God, His plan, His kingdom, and His glory. Does anybody struggle with that? Does anybody struggle when you wake up in the morning about, hey God, this is for you, or hey God, this is for me? Anybody, you wake up in the day and you say, what can I do? What's going to be done for me today? Does anybody struggle with that, right? You struggle with your purpose. You struggle with your why. Listen to me. If you're not focused on God when you go to bed, you won't be focused on God when you get up. If you're not focused on God, you're focused on someone or something else, and it ain't good. Most of the time, do you know where our focus is? Just look in the mirror. Most of the time, our focus is on us, it's on self. And you got to understand this. As created ones, you have an almighty creator. He is the one who gives you life. He is the one who gives you purpose. And if you don't trust that, and you don't rest in that, and you don't believe that, you're going to struggle every single day. You're going to struggle. And so we got to be focused on God. We were created in Him, and we were created by Him, for Him. And so as created ones... The life that we do have, right? The life that we do have and the purpose that we have, it's through and for our Creator. So any life that I have, any purpose that I have, it is through Jesus and it is for Jesus. I don't just exist, I have life. Life has purpose and that purpose is glorify God. Glorify God. Whether you're at home, glorify God. Whether you're at work, glorify God. Whether you're in the deer stand or out on the road running, glorify God with who you are. Glorify God. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're rooted in Christ and you're built up in Christ, you'll know that and you'll live that. If you're not rooted in Christ and you're not built up in Christ, then you're going to struggle with purpose. And if you struggle with purpose, guess what? You're going to struggle with glory. Instead of giving God glory, you're going to be seeking it yourself. Now, I know a lot of you probably don't watch the NFL, but last night there was a football game on, and it was a win and keep playing or a win and go home football game. The Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I don't care about either one of those teams. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. But I love me some good football, and that was a good football game. Okay? I tried to get in bed and go to sleep, and I couldn't because the game was so good. But at the end of that game, the quarterback for the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what he said. You go back and YouTube it. You go back and Google it and find it. That young man, he gave God some glory. And whether they won or lost, because I've seen them lose, you know what that young man does? He gives God glory no matter what. No matter what. I, I, I never really knew much about the kid other than he was a pretty good football player in college, but I know a lot more about the kid now because of the way he lives his life and the way He says with His mouth who He is, whose He is, and why He is. Give God glory wherever you are, with whomever you are. And you'll do that if you're rooted in Him. You'll do that if you're built up in Him. Paul goes on in Colossians chapter 2, and he says this in verses 1 through 8. He says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not met me personally. My goal, listen to this, he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and unified, united in love. Why? Why? Why does he want them to be encouraged in their hearts? Why does he want them to be united and unified in love? Here it is. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Listen, do you know what Paul wanted more than anything else? In every letter he wrote to every person he spoke to, whether he knew them personally or not, do you know what Paul wanted for every person who's ever been created? He wanted them to know Jesus. He wanted them to know Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Because if they knew Jesus, they knew God. And if they knew God, they knew life. And they knew purpose. That's really what he wanted. You read the letters. Every letter of Paul, he wanted people to know Jesus Christ. Not just know about Jesus. Not just study about Jesus. But to know Jesus in a personal and intimate relationship. That was his goal. So he says, I want to encourage your heart. I want to unite you in love so that you can have the full riches of complete understanding so that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you. There it is. Why does he want them to know Jesus? I'll tell you why he wants them to know Jesus. Because he wants them to know the truth so that they can know the lie. He wants them to know the truth so that they can know the lie. Because Paul knows that there is a father of lies who's going to be spitting out lies to people. And the father of lies, who is Satan, wants you to believe that his lie is truth when it's not. But how are you going to know what is a lie if you don't know what is the truth? How will you know what is a lie? How will you know what is a false doctrine, a false God, if you don't know the true doctrine and the true God? So Paul says, I want you to know Christ because he is God in flesh. He is Emmanuel. He is the word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Paul wanted. So he says, I tell you this, verse 4, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is. In Christ is. So then. Verses 6 and 7. You ready? So then. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. See to it. That no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Now, I know you're saying, Brother Jeb, that's a lot. And yes, it is a lot, but it's this simple. If you know Christ, you know the truth. And if you know the truth, it'll set you free. And if you know the truth, then you'll recognize the lie. If you don't know the truth, you will not recognize the lie. So many people today, they're struggling because of the mixed messages they are receiving. Not just just from dark and ugly things. No, from fine sounding things. Listen to me, there are churches today who are struggling to teach truth because they're so busy teaching tradition and opinion and not relying on the Word of God. They're relying on the Word of a man. If it ain't God's Word, it ain't truth. If it ain't God's Word, it ain't truth. God's Word is truth. Anything I give you, it better be God's Word to have eternal value. Otherwise, it ain't worth nothing. I can stand up here and tell you funny stories. I can give you illustrations. I can do all kinds of stuff. But if I don't point you to the Scripture, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. You wasted your time, and I wasted your time. So I'm going to point you to Jesus. Paul makes it very clear, right? Paul makes it very clear in these verses because we see it united, right? He, he encouraged their hearts And he wanted them to be united in love. Well, when I hear that word united, that means he makes it very clear that as believers, we are brought together in Jesus. Listen to me. You ask me, Brother Jeff, is church important? Well, let me tell you what the Word says. The Word says Jesus Christ died for the church. That means you and me together. Yeah, church is important. Yeah, it matters. Brother Jeff, does it matter if I go or not? I believe it does. That's why it says in Hebrews, do not forsake assembling together as some are in the habit of doing. That's what it says in Hebrews. you look at it. Don't forsake assembling together as some are in the habit of doing because the day is quickly approaching. I'm talking about the day of the Lord, his return. So Paul makes it clear that we are brought together in Jesus. He wanted to encourage the hearts of all the believers, ones he knew personally, even ones he hadn't met yet. He wanted all believers to be united in love, the love of God that is demonstrated through the perfect sacrificial life of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul makes it clear that as believers, and I love this because he uses two words. Paul makes it clear that as believers we have access to two things. Godly wisdom and godly knowledge. Godly wisdom and godly knowledge. Why would Paul point to Christ, say that Christ is my life, Christ is your life. Christ. He's preaching Christ and then he says, oh, by the way, with Christ comes godly wisdom and godly knowledge. Why would he say that? Because people were looking for wisdom and people were looking for knowledge. And they were relying upon anything and everything they could to gain wisdom and knowledge. Well, here's the thing. Godly wisdom and godly knowledge is found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. That's why the book of Proverbs verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come understanding and knowledge. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Again, Dr. Tony Evans, when he's talking about Paul's ministry, Dr. Tony Evans says Paul's ministry centered on proclaiming this mystery, which is Jesus Christ, so that they might be presented as mature in glory. Paul wanted them to understand the fullness of the gospel, which is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. He goes on to say this, and this is what I want you to know. He says, knowledge is the apprehension of truth, and wisdom is the application of that truth. That is so good. Listen to it again. <laughs> knowledge is the apprehension of truth, and wisdom is the application of that truth. The verb forms of those two words, apprehension and application, are the words apprehend which means to get, right? It means to get. It means to obtain. And then the word apply. What does apply mean? Apply, say it. You just said it. Do. <laughs> Paul said, do, yeah. Apply means do it. What does James say in his letter? He said, don't just be hearers of the word, but be what? Doers. You know what he's saying? He's saying, You've attained, right? You've gathered, you've gained, you've gotten this knowledge. Now do it. That's wisdom. Knowledge is the apprehension, right, of the truth. Wisdom is the application of the truth. And so, what we've got to understand is that this Christian life is not meant to be one of isolation. You and I were not created to be out there alone, we're not. We, we see unity in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And when God saves us and God sanctifies us, what does he do? He brings us together. He brings us together in his love. So the Christian life is not to be, it's not meant to be in isolation. It's actually one of family. It's one of togetherness. Not only that, the Christian life is not meant to be passive. It's not meant to be inactive. It's meant to be active, alive, vibrant. Listen, I don't ever want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I'm just going to tell you something. At Start Baptist Church, if you come to sit and sour, you're going to be uncomfortable. If you come just to show up and then turn around and leave, I don't apologize, you're going to be uncomfortable because we're going to apply the Word. We're going to live the word out loud. If you don't want to do that, then you're going to have to get rid of me. Okay? Because I ain't no spectator. I'm a participant. And, and as much as I love spectators, right, I love the participants more. I remember when I was coaching, I've told you this before, I wanted to get in the game so bad, right? The, the referees used to have to tell me, Coach, get back in your box. What box? It's that little thing with lines on it. You're supposed to be in it and let your players be out there. I, they used to, I used to get technical fouls because I was out on the court. It wasn't just that I was yelling at the refs, but anyway, that was part of it, right? I just I mean I wanted to be in the game so bad, but you know there were so many times when the crowd was so loud, right? So loud, but here's the thing: it didn't it didn't bother me at all. It didn't make me it didn't make me lose focus at all. My my focus was on the players. My part. In the game and their part in the game, and it was almost like the crowd wasn't there. You weren't created to be a spectator, you were created to be a participant. God, God didn't, He didn't save you to sit, He saved you to do. He didn't save you to sit, He saved you to do. He, he didn't save you to just go, oh, thanks. He saved you so that your life would bring glory to Him. You don't bring glory to God sitting doing nothing. You bring glory to God living the life that He created you to live in Christ. That's how you glorify God. And so listen, I love this. Dr. Warren Wearsby, this this is so good, right? He says to be rooted in Jesus means to depend upon Him. It means to anchor into Jesus for everything. He says this. He says the tense of the Greek word rooted means once and for all having been rooted. Christians are not to be tumbleweeds that have no roots and no fruit and blown about by every wind in every direction. Nor are they to be transplants that are repeatedly moved from this soil to that soil. Dr. Wearsby says, once we are rooted by faith in Christ, there is no need to change the soil. Once you are rooted in Christ, you got all the nutrient you need to live and bear fruit that will glorify God. Once you are in Christ, you have everything. Everything you need to be who God created you to be. Remember, as ones who are created, we have a creator. And once we come to an understanding, right, that we are sinful and we need to be saved and God did everything to save us through Jesus Christ. Once we are in Christ and Christ is in us, listen, that's all the soil we need to bury our roots into and bear fruit, fruit that glorifies God. So to be built up, right? Right? Dr. Wiersbe says to be rooted in Jesus means to depend upon. It means to anchor into Jesus. So to be built up in Jesus means to develop and to strengthen a faith that reflects Jesus everywhere. Like I said earlier, faith is not about you. Faith is about Jesus. The faith you have, it is a gift from God. (laughs) The faith you have, the faith I have, it is a gift from God. And my faith And your faith, if it's not about us and it's about Jesus, then your faith and my faith ought to glorify God not me and not you. So to be built up in Jesus, right, means we're going to be developed by God. It means we're going to be strengthened by God, and that means we're going to be a reflection of Jesus everywhere we go. Again, the salvation that we have is a gift from God in Jesus Christ. He saves us from wrath, from death, to life to love, to light. Not only that, our faith is a gift from God. And it is not a dead faith. It is a faith that is alive and it is active and it develops and it strengthens. Why? So that we can reflect the light, the love, and the truth of God in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, and yes, in our churches. In our churches. You, You heard me say this earlier, right? That we need to be rooted And we need to be built up in Jesus. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me in 2024. I want us as individuals and as a church body to be rooted and built up in Jesus. You heard me say that we are saved and we are sanctified for God's glory. And it is through Jesus Christ. We're not saved and sanctified by anything we do. We're saved and sanctified by what Jesus Christ has done and continues to do. And praise God what he will do when he comes back. We're saved and sanctified in Jesus Christ. I told you I would explain that word sanctify or sanctification. Here it is. Sanctification, it means an act or a process of being made holy. That big church word, right? Sanctification. You go out there and use it to somebody who hasn't grown up in church, who doesn't know the church words, you're going to say, oh, sanctification. They're going to look at you like, what? Are you speaking in German? What is that? Right? Sanctification. It is the act, the process of being made holy. It is the act, the process of being consecrated. Listen to this. The Holman Bible Dictionary says we were set apart to God by God in our conversion, our salvation. And we live out that conversion, our salvation. In holiness, that is what sanctification is. Each and every day, you and I are being made holy. We are being made righteous. And listen to me. It's not our work. It's God's work to us and in us and through us. And it happens through Jesus Christ. And it happens for Jesus Christ. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, he says, but just as he who has called you is holy, so you be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Do you understand that? God is calling you and calling me to holiness. He is calling you and calling me to righteousness. And the only way that is possible is in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says we got to be rooted in Him. We got to be built up in Him. Listen, I want to share this with you, right? How can we be rooted? How can we be built up in Jesus? How can we live out? that conversion, that salvation, in such a way that our faith is sanctified, that our faith is being made holy, that our faith is being made righteous, that we can demonstrate holiness and righteousness to the world. How can we do that, Brother Jeff? Are you ready? You're not? So I need to start over. So Chris, let's go back to slide one, and we'll take another hour. Are you ready to find out? Are you ready to find out how to be rooted in Jesus? How to be built up in Jesus? You are? Okay, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Listen, if you've got a physical Bible, open it up right now. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see what God says. Open your Bible up. If you've got a phone or an iPad, click on it. 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to look at it with your eyes, not just hear it with your ears. I want you to look at it with your eyes, and I want it to penetrate your heart. Brother Jeff, how can I be rooted in Jesus? How can I be built up in Jesus? What did I tell you earlier? The truth, right? Brother Jeff, I just want to know God. I just want to experience God. Brother Jeff, I want 2024 to be different. What can I do? I'm showing you what you can do. Open this up. Open this up and let it open you up. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. You ready? First Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. You know what he's talking about. He's talking about the word of God. Crave the word of God. Crave pure spiritual milk. Why? So that by it, you may what? What's the word? Grow up. You know what that sounds like in the Greek language? It sounds like the same word that means built up. You think that's a coincidence? I don't. I see Peter and Paul cross lines all the time. Right? He says like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, the word of God. So that by it, you may grow up and your salvation, saved and sanctified, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to Him, and that word come means keep on coming. It it don't mean once, oh, I got saved, Brother Jeff, I'm good. No, you're not, if that's your mindset. (laughs) It means keep on coming. He says, as you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Brother Jeff, how can I get rooted in Jesus? How can I be built up in Jesus? Here it is. Open this up and read it. Open it up and read it. And then let this read you. And as James said, don't just read this and go, huh, good word, and walk away. Read this and say, Lord, help me do that. Help me be that. Help me apply that. Knowledge is the apprehension. I see it, I got it. What is wisdom? Paula, tell me what wisdom is again. Do it. <laughs> do it. It's the application, right? It's the application. And so here's what we need, Start Baptist Church. You ready? We need to dig into the soil of God's word. What soil are you digging into right now? What soil are you digging into? Because you're digging into some soil right now, right? One, here's, here's the thing. Some of you in this building might be tumbleweeds right now, right? Y- you ain't got no roots. And you're just being blown around by the winds of this world, the ways of this world. Some of you need Jesus Christ to breathe life into you, right? Some of you need roots, and Jesus will give it to you if you'll repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in him. You can go from a tumbleweed to a tree planted by a river, a river of life and love and light. Some of us, right, we are trees, but the problem is we keep transplanting, right? This soil ain't good enough no more, so we're going to go over to this soil. And guess what happens? We ain't satisfied with this soul, so we're going to go over here to this soul. We just keep digging into the ways of the world, thinking the ways of the world are going to change. ways of the world ain't going to change. You know what the ways of the world lead to? Death, destruction. Until you understand that Jesus Christ is your soul, and the Word is your soul, and there ain't no need or reason to go to any other soul, you're going to face death and destruction everywhere you go. But when you're in Christ, and Christ is in you, you know what you have? And you have for full and eternal life. Only in Jesus. And so we need to dig into the soil of God's word. To know Jesus is to know his word. And to know Jesus and to know his word is to know God. It's to know truth. And what does truth do? It sets you free. Not just free from the penalty and the bondage and the death and the destruction of sin. It sets you free to live to live how you were created to live. And no job and no spouse and no children can give you that kind of life. Only God can give you that life. Not only that, I love this because Peter says, you are like living stones. Do you see that? Living stones. That word stone has an S on the end of it. See, I'm an English teacher now. So that word went from singular to what? Plural. Plural. That means more than one. That means this life ain't just about you. This life is about Jesus and the family that he has brought together called the church, the body. And so not only do we need to dig into the soil of God's word, we need to dig into the soil of God's word together. You ask me, Brother Jeff, does Sunday school matter? Is Sunday school important? I can just come to worship and get something, can't I? Listen to me. You can come to worship and get something? Absolutely, if your heart's right and ready. If your heart's right and ready. Yeah, you can get something, but here's the thing, you get no interaction. You, you don't get interaction in here like you get in that Sunday school room. You, you don't have the iron sharpening iron in here like you do in Sunday school. Sunday school matters. Small group Bible study matters. It matters. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you decide, okay? Okay? I'm just telling you what I believe, and I'm telling you what I read. It says, like spiritual stones, plural, you are being built up. The body's being built up into a spiritual house, which means that brick over there belongs to that brick over there. That means that brick up there is connected to this brick down here. You see what I'm saying? A spiritual house. We're all together in this, right? We're together, a spiritual house, to be what? To be a holy priesthood. And our goal is the same, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, as an individual, my why is to glorify God. And as a body, as a body, our why, you know what it is? To glorify God. It doesn't change. My why and your why is the same. Or it should be. And so we need to dig into the soil of God's Word. We need to dig into the soil of God's Word together. God saves us. God brings us together for His purposes, for His glory. We were created by God, for God, for glory. And we were created with eternity in mind. This is why we, be, we need to be devoted to the Word of God. This is why we need to be devoted, devoted together to God's Word, for His purposes, for His glory. And that's how Start Baptist Church is going to move forward in 2024. And I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to invite you to be a part of that. I'm going to invite you to be a part of that. I'm going to invite you to participate in that. Now here's the thing. If you want to sit around and watch, get ready to get uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Somebody's going to pat you on the back and say, why don't you help? Why don't you join? If you don't like that, I'm not sorry. Find me in Scripture where you're supposed to sit and sour. Find me in Scripture where you can glorify God doing nothing. And you find me that in Scripture, then you and I can talk. Okay? Here's the thing. You ain't going to find that in Scripture. You ain't going to find that in Scripture. You can't glorify God doing nothing. You glorify God by giving Him all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. That's how you glorify God. I love you. God loves you. I hope his word is what you want this year. I hope that you will be in his word and his word will be in you because that's the only way 2024 is going to bring God glory. Nothing else. His word in you, you in his word, that's what will glorify God. Let that be your prayer today. Let that be your heart today. Walk out of this building saying, God, I am yours. I am a child. That's who I am. I am your child. That's who I am. 1 John chapter 3. Don't just take my word for it. Father God, thank you. I am a spiritual stone, and I am a part of spiritual stones that's being built into a house. And my purpose is to offer spiritual sacrifices to you, God, to glorify you, God. That's who I am. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. What was it? 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to just point you to Scripture. That way you can't say, Brother Jeff said. No, Brother Jeff didn't say. God said. God said.